Hello and welcome to a simple podcast. My name is Anthony. I have a love for music and marketing, and all I'm trying to do is bridge those two things together and talk to some really cool people in music. In this episode, we talk to Sierra Bonando, the vocalist for a band called With Sales Ahead. We nerd out over the ever-changing animal, which is marketing, and we cover how to effectively promote yourself in your local scene, how they found their brand voice through anime, memes, and everything else in between. That actually rhymes, that was not intentional, but cool. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome again. And just like always, I always appreciate any and all feedback. If you're not a part of our Facebook group, go ahead and look it up. It's called The Green Room, a group by Simple. A lot of the listeners of the show hang out there. So again, if you're new, it's a great community. A lot of people give their input, feedback, and things that they've been trying that are working, which is awesome. But before we dive into this episode with Sierra, I would like to give a shout out to our sponsor, which is Feature FM. Feature FM is an advanced music marketing platform that's actually trusted by over 60,000 different labels and artists to help increase revenue in digital music services and maximize their audience engagement. If you sign up today with our affiliate link, I'll actually hook you up with the free $10 credit that is worth up to 500 sponsored song plays towards your target audience. So to clarify, Feature FM is a smart link service as well as something that you can equip to create pre-save campaigns and a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, I've used them on recent campaigns. If you'd like to learn more, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Audibly Simple or message me on my personal Facebook. My name is Anthony Pacheco again, or ask the group. You can find me pretty much anywhere. Just feel free to reach out. But with that being said, let's dive into the episode and thank you guys so much for listening. is uh sierra bonando uh, i sing in a band named with sales ahead and i also pretty much like our manager um and I handle our, our marketing social media day-to-day stuff and um besides that uh i also work in digital marketing full-time and uh, i've been playing in the new jersey music scene for over 10 years now i'd say oh nice i didn't know that you worked in digital marketing as your day job that's cool Yeah, I've been doing, uh, basically what happened was I went to college for music and um, you could take a lot of marketing classes to go with your music degree. I found that that was something I really gravitated to, especially um, with all like the creative planning that goes with, you know, designing marketing campaigns. So um, I managed to take that experience I got from college, turn that into a marketing job like the second I graduated. Uh, and then, but even that was, you know, still within music. I was at like a music label and an entertainment company. But then now I, yeah, I got sick of commuting to North Jersey. It was just crazy. So, um, I just work from home now uh, on commercial real estate. I'm still doing marketing though. So I'm happy. That's rad. I mean, kind of like how we were saying earlier, like we both come from retail backgrounds. It's, it's really cool. Like having a job that you enjoy or doing things that you enjoy. Like, I don't know about you, but marketing is probably one of like one of my favorite, not just, you know, work related things, but it's also kind of a hobby. Like I'm working when I'm not working. It's kind of weird. No, I get that because I feel like with marketing, you never stop learning. 
and I'm a nerd and um, I just love to continuously like, you know, hear other people's insight on a content strategy, um, learn about, you know, Google ads and, and targeting strategies, like all that stuff really gets me going. So, you know, there's always something, I always find something I really, really like to learn about with the marketing. It's like, it's like it never stops. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I do the same thing too. Um, because that's my day job as well, like working in marketing and um, through this avenue of like simple and the podcast and pretty much everything else I do, it all revolves around marketing. So like I said, I'm, I'm working when I'm not working, which is pretty funny, but yeah. And it's always cool just talking to other, not just like-minded people, but just anyone that is trying to market themselves or, or do something different because you always learn something just from talking to people, which is always fun. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I love. Like, I love connecting with people um, on a personal level, for sure. And I mean, in terms of like how you said that you've been in your scene for, for how many years again? Oh, my God. Like over 10 years, at least, for sure. I think I played my first show in 2008. So you've been at yeah. it for quite some time. Yeah, I went to a performing arts high school, but I don't I don't count those things it was all like musical stuff and showcases so i didn't actually get out into like venues holding a guitar until like 2008 and kind of how you were seeing like going out and like you know marketing yourself and, and just talking to people like how vital has that been to with your current project and and just any other projects that you've been a part of like how how important is it when it comes to like communication and, and kind of like things like that oh insanely to be even remotely successful in this day and age, like you just have to be like visible. You have to be in people's faces and you have to be creative with it because you have to be relevant and visible without being overbearing, if that makes sense. Especially like with my band, like we had no idea. I had no idea how to market us when we first started out like forever ago. Um, I had no idea what like our voice was or like our look or like how to really like get our message across. So like I was just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck like. Um, so like the more that I learned about marketing and the, just like the more people I met, the more people I saw, like the way they like manage their bands, the more I actually kind of thought like, honestly, the best route to go is like if we market ourselves and we're just really authentic and true to ourselves. So, so for example, like our one album that we put out, Years in Waiting, it was just like, I asked for album art that was like, pro like relevant to like the lyrical content on the album. That's kind of all I just thought about. And then like our, you know, our t-shirts and our, everything we did was just kind of like, it was just kind of there. Then when we released our second album, I think what happened was I kind of understood like, okay, this is, um, so our, our branding is like, you know, we have this album that has like cherry blossom petals on it. Like what if we integrated that with like our brand and like our marketing, you know, what if like, it kind of has like a, like the art is kind of anime inspired. So, um, we were like, okay, so on social, why don't we just talk about stuff that we like besides just like marketing our shows? Why don't we just talk about whatever, like, instead of trying to look cool and mysterious, like, let's just, let's just try it. And like, if people think we're just some lame, nerdy band, then so be it. But um, we've found that like really works for us. And a trend I've seen um, with other bands too, is like everyone, everyone just posts memes now. Like everyone on Twitter, like 
the brand voice of so many bands is so informal now. So I feel like that's a trend that's going to continue. I mean, our, us personally, like, I could only keep up the cool guy persona on our socials for so long. Like, yeah. I eventually just switched to just talking more like myself. And I think that really comes across. We all, like, try to find ways to tie in, like, video game music covers into our socials and, like, or, like, anime opening covers into our socials. And that seems to really help us um, reach people, you know, more personally because it's not just like, go oh, check out our music because it's kind of cool. But, like, we can start conversations on things other than, like, our music and connect to the people that way. Right. Because, I mean, I've been there. I, I've done, like, the cool guy thing. And you can honestly, like you said, do that for so long to where it's like, okay, like, we get it. You're in a band. You're trying that one word, two word, five word aesthetic post that <laughs> we're not understanding. Yeah. And, like, I, I talk about this a lot, like, breaking the barrier that us as musicians, like, create even even though we're not larger than life we kind of try to act like it or we just try to act ominous or it it is weird i feel like we're in a weird spot right now with like how people are approaching their brand voice not just in in bands but just businesses too like when you think of a company or like i'll use wendy's as an example like that redhead is so brutal on twitter like you would not believe, <laughs> but it works for them because for one, it's, it's memorable. And it, I mean, I haven't been to Wendy's in like two years, I'm gonna be honest, but for other people probably it'd be like, yeah, like I'm gonna go eat at Wendy's because she is awesome on Twitter or things like that. Yeah, it's, I cannot believe the liberty that all of these corporations are giving their social media team. Seriously, saying things that I would never even dare to write in an email to any of my colleagues. <laughs> like, yeah. wouldn't it be funny if we posted this? Like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. It's cool, but it's, you know, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, it, it's weird, but it, it works for certain brands. But, I mean, even Apple is kind of showing a little bit of that now. But, like, I was going to use Apple, Apple as an example because when you think of them, they're very, you know, formal, very going back to that whole cool guy thing, you know, they're like sexy luxurious apple like i can't really yeah. see them <laughs> speaking like that but i mean i think they have at one point or they've they've poked fun at it or no it was samsung that poked fun at apple with like the haircut when the iphone x came out first or something like that <laughs> that's so funny i didn't see that yeah it's it's some ad that they did for like their galaxy phone or something oh okay oh my god and everyone's just going nuts with their twitter accounts is crazy <laughs> Yeah, I think the other day, too, I saw this, like, feed to where it was, like, they were putting their, their slogans but making it dirty or something. I don't know if you saw that oh on Twitter. Oh, my God, that, was, that thread was a nightmare. <laughs> I think I saw that. It was, like, it was like a like a ton of different brands, like, chiming in on it. Was it that one? Yeah, it was, like, uh, everyone was hopping on it. Yeah, no, I, like... Like like you said, like Wendy's, like they, I feel like they were one of the first brands to really go in and like commit and and just meme. And so like everyone else started to follow suit, and now and that chain is like the epitome of of like digital marketing in this day and age, like trying to reach millennials. You gotta yeah. appeal to them at the end of the day because they are the future. I yes. mean, kind of going back to like finding your brand voice. 
did that just come naturally or did you really have to like, I know you mentioned that you, you looked up a lot of stuff that had to do with marketing and just like talking amongst like different people. Like, did do you think you found your, your voice in that just from, I know you guys kind of broke out of your shell, but did that just come out of nowhere or like, was there like an aha moment where you were like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, it was really more like an aha moment. It was at like months after we released the album and, um, or even like around that time, like we were just like, you know what? Whatever. Like I, I would, instead of our socials being like a ghost town, like I'd rather, you know, talk about stuff like peripherally related to the band and that it's like, you know, personal interests that are really dear to us. I'd rather like foster conversations about that and then, you know, touch on the music that 80, 20 rule, <laughs> whenever, you know, it makes the most sense. Like, um, because I don't know, like I, I just like was in my gut. I just felt like, you know, we could try it. And then if, you know, it made us seem like lame, then we could just revert back. But haven't, we've been, we still utilize our socials like that. And we haven't looked back. So. And is that on like your actual socials? Cause I'm a part of your guys's uh, Facebook group and, and the memory is alive and well there. Um, yeah. How do you balance the two? Or is it the same voice uh, across both? So creature posting is a little bit of a lawless wasteland right now. Um, and I guess that's what happens when like, I mean, like we, another thing about the way that we communicate who we are as people is, um, you know, like I said, like we don't try to cover up the fact that like we like to joke around and we're goofy. So, um, so my strategy was like, I guess people like, used to add me because I would, you know, share memes and shit posts and stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe if I just move it here. But so it's got definitely gotten a little weird. Um, the Because we share it with pulses, I feel like what's cool, it's like our collective jokes and like camaraderie combined. And it's kind of like, it's a little weird, but like you can hang out in there and like we can have a whole long thread and talk about Sonic the Hedgehog and, and stuff like that. Um, I think that's one part of our strategy that we're definitely still just figuring out Facebook groups. Cause, um, I was talking to Kevin from pulses about this, like a while back and we were like, oh, maybe we're going a little overboard with this, but, um, <laughs> like maybe, maybe we should pull it back on like the weird memes, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Like that's definitely still like, you know, you know, something that we're figuring out, but it's, you know, we still do it cause we're, it's fun. And, um, you know, it's obviously like something that we'll have to, you know, unite people on when like, you know, pulses is going to drop their album, um, in the near future, eventually we'll drop some singles and we'll keep hyping up our friends and bands that are also in the group. And, um, if anything else, it's a good place for that, for community and, and friendship. And I mean, you brought up a good point there too, like how it's a joined group. I've, honestly never seen that before um between you know two bands how did that happen and and why i forget i want to say it was kevin's idea but like i really forget when we started talks about uh with the woodland creatures tour um i feel like it was kevin's idea to do a joint meme group like i maybe i said like let's do like a meme group or maybe he said let's do a joint group and I said okay and we can post memes and that came about we 
plotted that two or three months before we announced the tour because we wanted to do it really badly. But Kevin was like, no, 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 let's let's wait till we announce. Then we'll like start the group. And that'll be how like we keep in touch with everyone and or we can share tour news, um, share stuff about the individual dates we're going on, the people we're playing with and memes. So um, it was it initially set out to be a promotional tool. Um, and honestly, like, I don't know if it's going to, you know, grow into anything more. It's kind of our space to just to hang out and be. So, um, so that was where it started. Gotcha. And that's cool that it kind of just became a promotional tool at the end of the day. And and now it just seems to be like a place for people to hang out and, and, you know, meme around, so to say. But, um, the reason why it kind of piqued my interest versus like any, other band that starts a group because there's there's a ton of them you know and now it's kind of a staple and i preach about that any other marketing tutorial you look up or marketing article talks about how groups are the future but it's different seeing two bands use the same group not only because for one i haven't seen that online before but you guys are competitors at the end of the day right like if we're talking in a you know quote unquote business standpoint or just how most local bands see it like oh the other band in my area that's killing it they're my competitor i need to be better than them where on the contrary i always say no like you guys should be friends rather than you know seeing yourselves as competing towards the same goal because you're you're headed towards the the same goal like you guys should be touring together which I mean, I'm I'm sure you would agree on that point, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, I yeah, I know it's funny to have the two bands in one. But if you think about it, like, Swan, like, all this Blue Swan, Swan posting groups, like, they don't just talk about Dance, Gavin, Dance. They talk about everyone under that that family. So that was, that was why it didn't feel weird for us. Um, and I guess, like, we are also really close friends, like, super close now after touring together. Like, we talk literally every day. We have, like, this big group chat <laughs> of 12 of us, and we talk every day. Um, but, like, I guess, like, even though it's, like, you know, it makes more sense for each band to, you know, every band to individually have their own group. Um, you're If you're trying to build a community, like... I f- it feels more right to me to, um, you know, not only share it with them, but like hype up other bands in the group. Like if it, you know, like when you, there's certain, um, at one point there was a blue swan group that was like dance, Gavin dance and hail the sun and friends. Like mm-hmm. if, if there's, there's an opportunity to like include more people under the creature posting umbrella, like we like officially, like we totally will. Um, but but yeah, like I, I did think that way, and like, you know, competitively more so like years ago than now, and and obviously I see other groups that have very strong uh, Facebook groups on their own, like just as a band. But um, honestly, like we're you know I'll worry about that when we get to that point. We're not really at that point yet. Um, I'm more concerned with uh, connecting with people and other musicians, um, making friendships, being friends with, with everybody. Um, I, you know, I don't see the need to, uh, to not share. I don't know. There's community is super important to me. Like, you know, I 
I treasure all the friendships that I've made, like, through music and, like, any opportunity to, like, lift up other people, especially pulses, like, and, you know, exist harmoniously. Um, you know, I think that still makes sense to us because it's just true to who we are as people and musicians. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more with that, too, because, I mean, I've been that person that's, like, you know, um, where I live, it, it's called Modesto. California like we don't have any venues here the closest venue is Sacramento or the closest venue to us was the Sacramento area which is like an hour and a half north from me um oh my god yeah and most of the bands that would come out of the Sacramento music scene and the few bands that came out of Modesto as, as I was growing up and and becoming involved with those a little bit like everyone and, and just everyone that was a part of that it was very competitive, you know, they were very like, oh, like, let's say Silverstein was was rolling up to, to open a show or something or, or to play a like on tour and um, someone had to open the show or the, the venue posted like, hey, we're looking for an opener, blah, blah, blah. And let's say I applied for it or I hit up the promoter to say, hey, can I open for Silverstein? Like, we'd be a really good fit. And someone else emails them and let's say the other band got that opening slot as opposed to me congratulating them or being happy for them. I was very petty, you know, like it it could do with, with either age or just my lack of, you know, the thinking that I have now that we're all supposed to be a community. Cause when you're a smaller band, quote unquote, or a local band, or a struggle band. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to be the very best, you know, that no one ever was, Pokemon quote. But, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, you want to be better than that band next to you. But, like, in your guys' scenario and just the mindset that I have now, it's a lot better when you support one another and you, you work cohesively to attain that goal, which that eventual goal is to go on a tour, not just an hour and a half away from home like you want to go to the opposite coast you know like the west coast bands want to make it to the east coast and if both bands are are growing together and both of you guys are you know making your own community both of you can share the road and make it so to say yeah exactly exactly like i i would be lying if i said i never had negative feelings about like peers in the music scene because they got an opportunity we wanted. Like everyone, everyone goes through that. Um, I think what, I don't know what, what switch flipped in the last year and a half that I just became super Zen and super chill about it. I don't know what happened, but um, I feel like it's, it's honestly like just, it's a waste of energy to, to become bitter. I mean, it kind of takes, I've had to really think about like why I'm still playing music and why I do this, like boil it down to its most pure, you know, simplest meaning and remind myself like, okay, you didn't get that opportunity to open for Tillian and Asbury. It's not a big deal. Like the sun's going to rise tomorrow and you're going to keep working at it. And those like, like people, your friends may get better opportunities than you. And like, there's really, even if it's like you missed out, it's it's no use in crying over spilled milk, essentially. Um, 
I feel like it's more important to enrich your like career as a musician and you know like it, it's just so much more uplifting to like to just connect with people from other parts of the country um who do get those cool opportunities and you know be friendly and instead of just you know wallowing and and just like looking from afar and sneering <laughs> like saying like oh well like they don't even they play in in, in drop C sharp they don't they play and just like open tootings and they tap and that's why people like them so much but like no it's like it's I haven't seen it recently but like it gets like that in New Jersey too like it's you know we have such an incredibly saturated area the tri-state area is so saturated there's a lot of venues but there's 12 times more bands so things like that happen like all the time we're like you know you know, we would have loved to open Warp Tour, but that that didn't happen. But our friends got to, and like to see them do that it made us super happy. And then like, you know, we, um, you know, like for years we've seen like all our friends open Warp, and like, um, even though we didn't get that opportunity, we've you know we learned to be grateful for what we did get, and um, and then hopefully that like opens up doors for our friends, who, you know, promoters we worked with, maybe they've seen our friends play gigs with us and they reached out to them for opening for the same mid-level touring acts. Like you never know. It just, it's just happier and, and it just keeps you more sane to just, you know, be more positive about fostering, um, you know, community and support for the people who do get those cool opportunities. Like you never know, like maybe you won't get something cool ever again, but like, you don't know that, like, it's just better to be um, more positive about it for sure. Yeah, you get what you give at the end of the day, too. So, I mean, if if you give your peers the support, um, you'll more than likely get it back. Or like you said, if if you miss that opportunity, you might get that later down the road. You just never know. And yeah. I don't know what it is. I Like, I think it's it's just because we become more exposed. Like you said, like how you're you're very zen now or very, you know, you're you're more happy for others around you. Like I'm the same way too. Like before I would get that little feeling of like jealousy or, or be spiteful or petty. But I mean, I would get that back too from, from others in the scene. It wasn't just me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if it's like the internet and how it's changed maybe, or it's just over time, you just slowly start to realize that, Hey, like rather than competing, what can we do to help one another out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I know it's the thing that stinks about the internet too is like if it just feels like, you know, like everyone always says it's everyone's lives on display. You see, you know, it looks like bands are like, you know, all your friends are doing really well and you're like, what are we doing? (laughs) What have we done? But like, and even then, like I've had people come to us and be like, man, your band, like you guys are really doing well. And I'm like, we haven't, release music in like a year and a half what are you talking about (laughs) like um it really is a matter of perspective for sure yeah perspective is everything when it comes to that too because i mean for me what makes a band successful might be different than for what your perspective on that is too and i've seen it firsthand also like just because and I've seen it on on multiple ends of the spectrum like I've known a band that's like yeah we're killing it we're we're doing really good 
I'm happy. We got 10,000 likes on Facebook, never toured, 100 monthly listeners on Spotify. Like, <laughs> you know, like uh, what yes. they define as success is Facebook likes. Um, what you might define as success is touring, you know, like it, it just depends yeah. what kind of band you are and, and what you feel, you know, makes you successful. And that kind of brings my next question. Like, what do you define as, as success for one, for, for your, your project and just anyone else? Like, what would you tell them to define their, their success by? Honestly, I think an engaged fan base is, is a huge success if you can achieve that. Like, and if we can get to that point, like that's honestly the dream. Like, I um I love this band that like has not existed for years. Um Daphne loves Derby. <laughs> and um and also like I guess lower definition is like an example of this too. Like if we even if we can have any sort of cult following where like 10 years from now everyone will be like, yeah, that was sales of hit album super underrated. Like I feel like nobody knows who that band is, but I love them and I never meet people who like them. Like um, I mean, honestly, the goal is to, you know, be a huge national, like international touring band. But if we never get to that point, like, you know, having an engaged fan base and, you know, people, you know, who talk about us unprompted, people who are like advocates for our band, um, if, if we can, if we can find that in any way, shape or form like that, that's what really makes us happy for sure. It yeah. used to be, it used to be like, oh, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not like touring in a van for, for two months, like three times a year, by the time I'm 25, then this has been an utter failure and I give up. Like, <laughs> um, I had to really, I had to really reshape and rethink my goals and my expectations and I'm a lot happier, safe to say. <laughs> right. And that's good. Like kind of knowing where you're at too and like you said, like your goal is saying like, Hey, if I'm not doing this by the time I'm this age, like I'm just going to give up. You're yeah, as you get like older. Yeah. Like you just can't think that way. Like, and as you get older, your, your goals and just what you're doing just change over time. Like even for me, I mean, it, I haven't been out here for too long, but, um, my goal was always to be a full-time touring musician and the same mindset that you had, you know, like, if I'm not in a van three fourths of the year, then I have failed. You know, um, yeah. I'm not in a band right now, but the project that I was a part of, I can happily say that we charted on Billboard. And that is honestly what my goal was with music to chart on Billboard ultimately, sure. um, which was really cool. But kind of going to that whole, my definition of success being, signed for one you know i did that whatever i mean wasn't the most exciting thing <laughs> yeah it was just whatever we signed a paper yeah and i mean looking back at it like i don't i'm not saying this to like bash them or whatever but what like i said it wasn't the most exciting thing um the second thing i i always told myself was the billboard thing i did that that was really cool the third thing was to be touring and I never toured until, you know, I actually did. And I hated it. I hated being stuck in a van 
with the same five people it was was terrible and that's to where it kind of it kind of clicked to me like is this really what i want to do for for x amount of years is this really my definition of success in music you know um so even little things like that you you start to realize that what you think as as you know what you think your goals are may not be what you want you know yeah exactly it's you you think you build up all these expectations of what uh reaching all of these different um milestones in your career you know like might be and then it happens and you're like oh this wasn't what i thought it was gonna be (laughs) it completely like your your mindset completely shifts for sure and tour yeah touring is not for everyone how long was like um the run that you did yo and i feel embarrassed even saying it like it was not even like a week or two oh but you know it's still i like i'm sure i'm like a lot of the people i'll be listening to this i'm like preaching to the choir but like when you are touring you are cramped in a van for hours like a lot of people come to me and they like think it's like oh how was your vacation i'm like oh my god (laughs) it was hell it was not a vacation yeah it's you know it it's not only not a vacation but it's work it's not you know a walk in the park for sure it's and also you don't get a moment to yourself for a very long time it's like to for me to take phone calls to talk to my boyfriend i had to walk like we get back to the hotel and to walk like all the way down the other end of the parking lot to get like any kind of alone time by myself, which I don't mind doing. But um, I guess, you know, the reason why I haven't grown to completely hate touring yet is because we haven't done like super long runs yet. Or like, I guess I get along. I get along really well with my bandmates. So maybe maybe that's why. And um, and I don't know. So f- we haven't had any life threatening experiences so far. So I think that's another thing. Yeah, knock on wood, but yeah, yeah knock on wood. <laughs> those are very important components to touring as well, like making sure that you can get along with your bandmates. And I can happily say the same thing. I got along with my people too. And it wasn't, you know, to where I absolutely hated playing shows like that. That's the number one reason why I wanted to do music was to play shows. Like I loved that. Exactly. I loved meeting people and, and interacting with our, you know, little following. But what drove me insane was just some some mental stuff you know that i just could not handle being in a van for so long i hated traveling i hated being cramped and it just took a toll on me mentally unfortunately and i i just couldn't do it and then like what really messed me up too was like wow i am very selfish you know to just say like oh you know this is why i'm not gonna continue doing what i thought to be the dreamer i'm not I'm taking it all for granted, you know, like those are some, some scary thoughts that, that kind of came to mind that I'm, I'm over now, you know? Yeah, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Because it's, you know, you're just looking out for yourself. Like it really is not for everybody. It doesn't have anything to do with your love of music. It's just a different type of scenario to be in for such a long period of time. Yeah. And then I joke it, I joke about it to myself. I'm like, yeah, a long time. It was a week, but still a week felt like <laughs> eternity to me. But yeah, just everyone's different. So I've, I've realized that too, as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to talk a little bit more about touring, where did you guys go with like your band? So um, this past year, we went back down the Southeast. Our first ever tour, we did the Northeast. 
um, that was okay. You know, it's just, you know, everything in the Northeast is so close together. The drives were like three hours and we were like, okay, we're here. <laughs> but um, then the following year after our first door, we did the Southeast and we were like, oh, this is cool. We got to come back. And it was even better going back another time with Pulses because um, it was their first tour and they had never gone on tour before. So like kids were coming out for them because they're like, yo, Pulses, come in my city. And then, um, and then also we were going back down to play um, some of the same places we played previously. And then um, I don't know what it is, but like the Southeast has like a way better like music scene overall than um, more engaged, I'll say, um, than, than ours does. Uh, and I'll divulge on that. But basically, like on tour, like we played, um, oh my gosh, I forget the name of the venue in New Brooklyn Tavern. We played New Brooklyn Tavern in South Carolina. And it was a Sunday night. So we were like, oh my God, everyone's going to leave after like the first two bands and no one's going to stay. But the whole crowd stayed the whole show, like late. We played Orlando. We played with um, Daisy uh, from I Met a Yeti, her other band, All Gone Gray. We played with them on a Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday. I forget. Oh, no, it was a Monday. It was a Monday night. And um, everyone stayed till like after 11. I was, the, the whole room was pretty much full. I was like, what is going on? Wow. And um, you just don't, in New Jersey, like, God forbid you have a show go past like 10 o'clock on a Sunday because then no one stays. But, um, yeah, the Southeast was, like, really cool for us. And people, you know, people are super, super engaged down there. And um, and everyone's friends. There's also just more bands like us down there. And there's honestly not that many uh, by us. I think there's, like, eight of us <laughs> in the tri-state area. Oh, wow. Yeah, there really isn't, like... Like earlier when you said, like, you know, it must feel like a competition because you're vying for the same spots opening for mid-level acts and like bigger acts. Like, yeah, but we're also all in this together. So it's like, you know, it's and we get to play with each other. So, um, you know, it's it's still cool in that regard. It's still all good. That's awesome, though. Um, it's the same thing here in, in like the Sacramento area, like or the the. I don't want to say illegal shows, but the shows that we did here in Modesto that we were not supposed to do, like we would not be able to play past 10. Like there's a coffee shop in town that we would play every once in a while if we were able to, or if we were super desperate for a show or um, like when Adventure came through um, on our, one of our last few tours that I did with uh, Dwellings, um, we didn't have a, a venue in our area. So we were like, all right, whatever, we'll do this coffee shop thing. We started the show at seven and, uh, I think it was like a five band bill or something. And adventure went on at like nine 30. And, um, I'm glad I had it to where we were going to play last because the owner, like not to talk, I highly doubt anyone from Modesto will hear this, but anyway, um, the owner, he's very like by the book and, uh, you can't make public noise after 10 PM in downtown Modesto for whatever reason. So he had a, like a strict cutoff time for, for 10 PM. And, you know, for a band, usually it's a 30 minute set, you know, and an adventure went on at nine 30 and, um, he's like adventure finished playing thankfully. 
And then we were going to set up to play, and he was like, yeah, everyone needs to leave now. And we were like, yo, like, it's just one more band. Just give me, like, 20 minutes. It's fine. Yeah. It'll be cool. And he was like, no, you guys all have to leave now. I can't have the city calling me and, and find me because of a noise complaint. So we're like, okay, um, I guess we're not playing. So then um, Isaac, uh, the, the singer of Dwellings, he pulled out an acoustic guitar. And as we were like packing stuff and people were leaving, quote unquote, he was just playing his acoustic and he did like a quick 15, 20 minute set of the songs acoustically. And people enjoyed that. Like we we made do with the situation, even though it sucked. But yeah, I was going to say that's still like a really cool. I'm sure the people who were there um, really enjoyed that because that's kind of like a happy accident. Yeah, it's unfortunate we didn't get to play. But I mean, it was a pretty cool acoustic type of thing. So they appreciated it, which is cool. But I mean, is there anything else you'd, you'd want to cover or like any final thoughts? And um, I don't really have much to say. Um, I, I guess I could say that like, um, even though like music is kind of weird right now and that like, you know, everyone kind of feels like they're competing against each other, like. And, and it feels like it's harder than ever to grow your band. Um, I will say that, like, like the ha- happy thing I found about social media is that I've never met, like, so many people who are just at it and in, in the same struggle as we are. And that just makes it all the more fulfilling to be on this journey, honestly. And um, I don't know, I'm really excited to see what the year brings for, for music and progressive post-hardcore and you know, what my friends have to put out. We're putting out music. We're finally recording next month. So um, we'll release two singles this year. And we're really excited about that and the rollout for, for that single campaign. I'm stoked to hear new music from you. It has been a while since you've released something. Yeah, 2018. <laughs> but better late than never. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate you talking to me. And um, hopefully we can re- revisit soon, you know, and um I like doing follow-up talks and, and kind of seeing where you're at again. Yeah, I would love that. I appreciate you asking me to come on the show. I really, like, thank you. This, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really bad with, like, talking to people, so sorry if I'm, like, awkward or anything, but... Um, no, this, not at all. Okay, awesome. Thank you. But this is, like, helping me get out of my shell and, and talk to more people, and it's different, you know? Like, there's not really a... I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a billion other music interview podcasts, but not specifically around our genre, I feel. So, um, I definitely yeah. want to talk to more people in, in the post-hardcore scene. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see this grow as just as much as it has been. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. But other than that, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Anthony. Yeah, we'll talk soon, though. Yes, talk soon for sure. All right, take care. Bye-bye. You too.